time of truly a rebuilding relationship with God and just learning to trust God in uh, the song that I love. Um, Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy name. And then when I came to this part, you know, it says here, And on that day when my strength is failing, the end draws near and my time has come. Wow. Yeah, okay. My strength is failing. Has my time come? And even if my time has come, not yet, Pastor Michael said, I am still thankful. Even if I'm, God is going to take me, I am thankful. Because it's just going to heaven, right? So you should not be afraid of, and on that day when my time has come, the end draws near. We are just going to the Lord. I thank God that I've recovered much better. Uh, the only thing is I am wearing a belt so that my pants will not fall off. Yeah, because, you know, those days. And I can wear my coat, 30 years ago coat. That means I was that slim last time, you know, and, and I couldn't wear it at some time, but, you know, and now I can wear it. But these experiences were good for me. I've learned to take care of health. You know, uh, those were days I don't eat breakfast. And every time people say, you make sure you eat your breakfast at the best meal. You must eat breakfast like a king's food or whatever. Now, okay, okay, but I never did it. But now I'm regular in breakfast because my uh, gastro specialist said, hey, you must make sure you don't have empty uh, stomach because I was having stomach problem. Erosion of the stomach, uh, lining and inflame and all these things. But now I thank God I've recovered. And, uh, you know, even when I went back for a follow-up, I didn't have to take any more medication. Let's give the Lord glory. Hallelujah. No more medication and I'm just... And, and, and natural food and so on. So thank God. My text comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Now... This is a very famous portion of scriptures referred to as the hymn of love, the love chapter. And my desire, even from this message, is that each of us, our church, our families, our cell group, will be a more loving, we will become more loving people in our families, in our church, in our marketplace that we will be truly channels of God's love to touch someone with His love. Let's pray. Father, thank You for this morning. Thank You, dear Lord, we can come together as a family of God to hear Your Word. And dear Lord, that Your Word will transform us. It's Your Word that is alive, Lord. It's Your Word, O oh God, that we need, O oh God, to speak to our hearts, dear Lord, that the Spirit of God will make that Word alive to us. We commit ourselves to You. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. And I thank God, even in, when I was in uh, sick, uh, I could also do my one-minute weakness uh, to one of the nurses, to one of the um, patients, and even to my own uh, specialist. This opportunity out there for us to share our one-minute weakness. Let's read together. Okay, you have your Bibles. That is hard copy or in your phone. Let's read together chapter 13, verses 1 to 7, okay? Uh, if I don't show it so that they can read. 
Okay, we'll try ask the ask our people to read from their phones and from the, let's stand together as we read. First Corinthians chapter thirteen, one to seven. Okay, ready? Everyone got it? Yeah. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not, it is not proud. It is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Mr. Lord, you may be seated. So, our first priority is love. Our first priority should be love. And you can see from this text and also other verses how love is so important. First John 4 7 says, Love one another. For love is not here. Okay. First John 4 7. One, love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. As God's children, we have received His DNA. Love comes from God. Yes, some of us may say, I'm not a loving person. I don't show love. I can't. You know, I'm just not used to showing love. Maybe I don't have a family who loves me and I can't. But here it says, love comes from God. When we receive Jesus as our personal Savior, receive His DNA to love. So it's possible, though your natural self, that you say, I can't love. Hard for me to show someone love. But by God's love, we can love. By God's agape love, we can love. Love is the greatest. There are a few things I want to say about love. First of all, love is the greatest. In verses 3, uh, 1 to 3, it says, If I speak with tongues of men and angels, but I have not love. There are three similarities, three phrases that are similar here for 1, 2, 3. The first is, I have not love. What happens? I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. That means I'm just making noise, a noisy gong, like a man has been beaten, bong, 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 or clang, 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 clang. There's no tune to it. There's no meaning to it. It's just noise. If I speak with men, the tongues of men and angels, I'm like a, a no love. Secondly, it says here, if I have a gift of prophecy, I fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have faith that will remove mountains. Wow. You can do all types of things. You can raise the dead even. You can heal the sick. Prophecies after prophecies. But if, again, the same phrase, if I have not love, I am nothing. I am nothing. I'm zero. The third sentence says, a third uh, verse says, 
If I even, even if I give everything I have to the poor, sacrificing my body to the flames, but if, again, if I have not love, I gain nothing. Zero. Kosong. Paul says, therefore, I can do amazing things for the kingdom of God. I can do miracles, heal the sick. Whatever ministry I'm doing can go for missions and, and have fantastic results. I can deliver even those who are oppressed. And yet, if I have not love, it gains nothing. I've gained nothing. I've, I, whatever I do becomes nothing. Wow. From these verses, when I read it, I said, hey, you know, it reminds me. So important to have love in our lives. With the love of God, to have love in our ministry, to love in our church and our families. Love trumps every spiritual gift. Love tops every miracle God may work through you. Love precedes every course of action you might take. Love stands above them all. Love stands above them all. Two other verses I want to just bring to attention about love. Matthew 22, 36 to 40, when this expert of the law came to Jesus and said, Jesus, teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And of course, you know, Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. First and greatest commandment. And he asked in the second, without the expert of the law asking him, he just carried on and said, the second is this. Here is Love your neighbor. And Jesus links these two together. You love God, but you must also love the people. Your people, you must love them. You're not talking about just following the rules and all. What about your people? That you are, you know, just giving rules and rules that they must follow. Love your people. So to God, there's a link. You, can, you must love God, but there is also the need to love His people. John 13, 34 to 35. After the Last Supper had ended, Jesus gave this commandment. A new commandment I give you. Love one another. And as I have loved you, so you must love one another. And He added this. As I have loved you, love one another now. And this is a very important statement before he would be going to the cross. Love one another as the way I love you. By this, by what? By the way you love. People will know that you are my followers. People will know that you belong to Jesus. And they will point to Jesus, our Savior and Lord, by the way we live. So that's how important and crucial today's subject is. Love is the greatest, loving God and people. How many of you know what our vision is? Glad Tidings vision? Sorry? Love God, touch lives. Come on, that's our vision. Love God and touch lives. And this actually is the very essence, right? Of the commandment, the greatest commandment, the second greatest. Love God 
And with that love, you touch lives by ministering them in love. Love, touching people. People can won't be touched just by your what you say, you know. It's by our lives, by our love shown to them. Love God touch lives. Now, when we use the word in, in English, love, it is not a as strong as using the Greek love. It, love lacks the vocabulary to describe love, right? The English word love. It does not describe because always we always say that we love our dogs. Also, you love your wife, you know, you love your food, you love a holiday. But in Greek, as you know, there are different ways of describing love. Okay, eros is where we talk about the romantic love, right? With all the passion and desires of usually referring to the uh, sexual desires. Eros, that's why the word erotic comes from there. Another word is toge, which is parental love. Okay, it's a love of a parent for a child. Then filio is what we call a brotherly love. That is, uh, like Philadelphia is the city of brotherly love. It's friendship love. It is mutual affection. We feel one another as friends. Then, of course, the final one, which is agape love. And uh, it is God's love. This was a word that the Greek translation of love of God, God's love, agape. God's love. So this is self-sacrificial love. Self-sacrificial love. Uh, and many times for your enemy, it's very hard to have romantic love, to have your filial love for enemies. But you can have agape love for your, even your enemies. That's why they pray for your enemies, love your enemies. It's the agape love. Many times you can't just feel your, you know, that brotherly love. But it is God's love that's possible for you to Love your enemies. Therefore, we have that love from the Lord received. Yes, loving people. We can't do it with our own love. We are very limited if we have with our love. But that's when, hey God, your DNA. I receive love from you. I can love people. It's not of my own. We can never, never love the people with our own love. So it is agape love. So what is agape love? What is agape love? Have you heard of the song from the foreigners? I don't know which generation it comes from. I want to know what love is. Have you heard that? Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to know what love is. I want you to show me. I want to feel what love is. I want you to show me. Show me what is love. When this person who is singing songs, in my life there's been heartache and pain. I don't know how I can face it again. You know, and somebody's crying, come on, show me what love is. There's a lot of people out there who say, yes, I do not know what is love. I have not received love. What is love? Do you know what love is? Can you show what love is? Our 1 Corinthians 13 does describe what love is. And it's so powerful. So love has character. Show me love. Love has character, characteristics too. So let us look at, no character, like I was just talking of. Let's look at Pastor Kwan Ming. Say, hey, what is his character? How will you describe Pastor Kwan Ming? He's very approachable. He's very friendly. You know, he's, that is his character. Approachable, friendly, kind person. So love, it's not just a, 
feeling nothing more than feeling trying to forget my feelings of love what is that feeling can you describe the feeling <gasps> when i see that guy is that love then when, when no more then no more love right what is love there must be more solid things then just that feeling. And agape love is not just feeling, that's character. Let's look at the background of Corinthians 12, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14. Now, this is like a unit, nah? 12, 13, 14. There's a link together before chapter 13 and after chapter 13. Therefore, Paul writes it in that context of 12, 13, 14. And you know, if you see the Corinthian church, if you study on the Corinthian church, you know that church is in lots of trouble. It's also a lot of mess in that church. And even though it is a gifted church, it's a growing church, but they have a lot of problems. And especially in verse 12, uh, chapter 12, it talks about the gifts, right? They were having a lot of gifts, but also, oh, sorry, also there were a lot of trouble. They were saying, my gift is more important. You know, the, the seeking after this miraculous gift, they, oh, I'm more superior, you know, and, and, uh, and we were talking about divisions in that uh, leadership and so on. A lot of problems in the Corinthian church. Therefore, they say, miraculous gifts shows that I am more superior than you. And everyone was insisting on their own way, trying to show how spiritual they were. So therefore, Paul writes to them in chapter 12, Hey! It is the Holy Spirit who gives you these gifts. God apportions to you as He wills. It is the Holy Spirit that gives you this gift. So therefore, there should be no division among you, but all should have equal concern for each other. And he began to write, Hey, these gifts should be done in the proper way. And in verse 31, chapter 2, uh, chapter, sorry, chapter 12, verse 31, some people say it should, be, it should be the first verse of chapter 13. They say, hey, you know, let me show you now the most excellent way. God has given you all this gift. You have all this gift, but you need to know a more excellent way. And he says, most excellent way. And then he begins to Talk about the gifts. He starts with what? If I have speak in the tongue of men and angels, have prophecy. So it's a relationship uh, in relation to chapter 12. For the all, they were trying to be more superior with this gift. I'm better and this gift is better than the other. If you are the eye, you cannot... And, and Paul says, the eye cannot say of the food, I no need you. We are all in the body. So he says, I want to show you the more excellent way. How? Instead of this gifts uniting you and bringing glory to God, you're separating you. You are not loving the people. I'm going to show you the most excellent way. And it begins to show what love is. So verses 4 to verses 7 talks about the character. Let us go to the character. What love is? Paul begins to draw for you in a sense. A portrait of love. You know this First Corinthians 13, 
verses 4 to 7, usually we, right, we you read it in weddings, right? You will hear it in weddings, ceremony, and so on. But actually, it has to do with the church. Having a lot of problems, divisions, and Paul put this here and say, hey, you do ministry, you do have, you have so much miracles and so on, but hey, you have forgotten the most important thing, love for one another. If you have this, what your ministry will be powerful, but without this, we are nothing. Love is patient and kind. That's how it started. Love is patient and kind. Why did it start with patient? Uh? Patient. Now, let me, let me be an interactive thing. I remember finding a paper one time when I was, uh, I think it was, it was when I was a young adult, you know. Uh, and later, in later, uh, later I, I found this, this uh, page and says, the love is patient, love is kind. All the characteristics of love. And I had numbers to it. I had numbers to it. Patient, maybe five. Or oh, love, uh, uh, kindness, maybe six, whatever. I had rated myself. It was interesting, you know, rating myself to see where I stand in a sense. Maybe in a way that when I'm sharing with you, could you just put some numbers to it to say, hey, oh, why do we rate it in a sense? Hey, I, oh, impatience, I'm two. I need to work at it. Or oh, maybe you are six, seven, eight, okay. Maybe other things, wow, this is one thing I'm low and I need to work. God, you know, so patience. Let's start with patience. Why do you use patience? Patience. How many of you say I'm a very patient person? Yo, nobody. Everybody a patient problem. <laughs> but actually, you know, generally, sometimes I there are situations I'm impatient, and but I am very impatient behind a car. How many of you are like that? Behind the wheels, I mean, not a car. And I would, oh, other people say, yes, we are impatient behind a car somehow, you know. When somebody cuts in, somebody, boom, haunt me, I tell you, the temporal, temperature rise already. And then my hand will come out. Now, notice I didn't say finger come out, huh? I say hand come out. Uh, don't show finger, okay? Say, what is this? How come like this of driving? Then sometimes we'll drive and then we'll look at the person. Hmm. Hmm. But if I know my impatience, I said, God, help me. And so therefore I try to be kinder, you know, say more patient. When people give way, people are there, I always thank you, you know. It's, it's okay to be kind or polite in the, on the road. So I try to deal with my impatience. Patient. Love is patient. The Greek language has several words for patience. Uh, it is it, patience in circumstances. There's one word talking about patience with circumstances. It's also reference to patience with people. Patience with people. And this is the text. I mean, this is the word. Long-tempered. It's translated long-tempered. Macro to me, whatever. Long-tempered. long Patience, long-suffering. That's why it's so hard. Because the word has the root word, long-suffering. Someone tests you to the limit, but yeah, you've got to be patient with that person. That is the word 
long-suffering. That means love does not have a short fuse. You tr- press my the, the trigger, the boom! You are, what is this? How come you let this old stupid one? Boom! And some people say, I'm okay one. I just short fuse for a while. After that, I'm okay. But the short fuse have hurt everybody already, right? Has done this like a bomb, you know. Boom! They're all dead bodies lying there already. Right? So you're boom! Spirit, all of them are emotionally dead. Because you shouted at them, you scream at them, you call them names, you stupid lady fella, you no good, good for nothing. And all this hurts already, cuts, cuts that person. So we're going to learn, say, God, help me to be patient. How many of you score? No, don't, don't put up a hand. Huh? Hi. Or some people say, hey, yeah, I know I need to work on it. I've not been patient with my wife. Right? And I was so impatient with my wife. And anything, wow, very fast, the fuse, boom, fly off the handle, you know. And so I need to work on. Love is patient. Love is patient. Giving people time to change. Giving people room to make mistakes that without you coming so hard on them. Enduring personal wrongs without retaliating. You bear one another's weakness by being patient, slow to anger. Let us be patient. The next one is love is kind. Love is kind. If someone were to give you 10 cents, for every kind word you've ever spoken, every kind thing you're given, you just give 10 cents. Okay, for that word of encouragement, 10 cents to you. And then, after that, you'll say, yeah, this person, uh, I tell you, he's very bad. I tell you, uh, oh, I'm kind. I take 5 cents from you. Then every kind again, oh, you know, pastor, thank you for the message. Oh, you have spoken to me. Ten cents. And then, uh, out the door, this traffic controller uh, doesn't know how to, uh, uh, you know, control the traffic. And Hey, you! you why you become traffic controller? Huh? 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 I think go back and do something else. Uh. You're not fit. Uh. Oh, five cents. Take back. If you were to gauge your everyday like that, uh, are you going to be rich or poor? Uh, less money or more money? You gauge yourself. In the day, when you say things, do you say kind things or are we always unkind? Uh, words of, you know, hostility, putting people down. It, it doesn't cost much to be kind, right? It doesn't cost you money by smiling at somebody or greeting somebody. Or, hey, brother, how are you doing? Are you okay? Can I pray with you? It doesn't make much money to go and visit somebody who needs your encouragement, giving a warm handshake. Why don't you do it now? Turn to someone and give him a warm handshake. Hi, brother. God loves you. Well, it can begin there. It's not just sufficient there to stop there, but it begins somewhere. Right? It begins somewhere. You know, in our church sometimes I feel Actually, we are not strangers in a sense. They might be strangers in a sense. I've never met this fellow at Harley. I just come to church. and But it's okay to smile at strangers in the church. Because you know we are family. Right not? 
Are we family? So even you do not know the brother and sister, just hi, good morning, it's okay. Right? They will say, this fellow don't know me, go and say hi. Well, maybe in the market, lah, in the mall, if you say hello, 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 people will say, oh, something wrong with her. Uh, funny character. But in the church, all of us are family. It's okay to greet one another, smile. And we go to the toilet and you're combing your hair. Hi, brother, if the person sticks to you. Nobody will say, e. you know, there's a guy inside who will say hi to me, you know. It's okay. We are a church. Let's begin love by showing, at least there's something little that we can do. Love one another. Be kind to one another. And the word kind in the Greek word has the meaning of useful. Useful. A kind person is useful, helpful in practical ways. When there's a need, that person helps them. Uh, another person. It's off, opposite is that indifference. Some people are very indifferent, right? Whether you need help or not, that's it. It's your problem. That's not mine. It's your family. It's your problem. Mine is mine. Yours is yours. And that's not, you know, mingle in a sense. And that's indifference, insensitive to needs around us. So kindness is, now, let me tell you, qualify this. Kindness is not equated with giving everything that person wants. Sometimes, yes, love is tough. Love is tough. It can be no to a sport child. It could be, hey, brother, I think you need to go to the, uh, to the police station and admit, you know, that you are the one who did it. And it could be tough love. Like Jesus. Jesus was a kind person. Remember the incident of the woman caught in adultery? And he said to the people, and people said, Hey, Jesus, you know, she was caught. We caught her doing all these things. And, and, you know, they, and isn't it supposed to be stoned? We have stoned her. And he said, Yeah. Yeah, it's stoning. But whoever don't have seen, start, start, start. Want to start? And all of them dropped their stone. But also Jesus said, I do not condemn you, but go and sin no more. So there's tough love. Sometimes we'll deal with the issue at hand. Now, after the two positive, he talks about, he uses eight verbs. I'm not going to go through everything because of time. Eight verbs that says, this is not how love behaves. Yes, love behaves this way. Love is patient. Love is kind. But now, eight things. Uh-huh, uh-uh. These are no-nos for us. You want to show love? You want to really be my disciples to, that people might know that you are my disciples? These are things shouldn't be in the life of a believer. Love does not envy. That means love is not jealous. John Wesley wrote this. Love cannot be upset over God's bestowing any good gift upon any human being. If people who love have received God's blessing, they do not bemoan others receiving the same benefits. You who have been blessed, do you bemoan people being blessed too? That this person got a promotion, this person you know, got a better a house, whatever, do you bemoan them? You have been blessed. Come on, let us not be jealous of each other. And in the, and in the Corinthian phase, let us not be jealous when someone is used in that gift. You have your own gift. God has blessed you with a gift. Why are you using this gift? We'll be jealous of one another, to provoke one another. Love is not jealous. You know, jealousy, 
destroys us. You must be uh, f- careful. Take note of this. Jealousy destroys you. You begin to jealous of your, you know, your colleagues and all. It will destroy you. It will kill you. Look at Paul. I'm uh, not Paul. Saul. King Saul. He was destroyed because of his jealousy over David. And when the women saw, you know, David was a warrior. And, and, and in 1 Samuel 18, verse 6 to 9, he says here, uh, the women were singing this song. Saul has killed his thousands. David his ten thousands. Then when Saul heard this, he was angry. Me, the king, you're just saying about thousands, but this guy, ten thousands, he became angry. And you know, and Saul became jealous. The verse 9 says, Saul became jealous and did not trust David from that day on. And you see how it destroyed Saul. He became even murderous. He wanted to kill David. And he became even like crazy. A man full of hatred and jealousy and he destroyed him. And God's spirit left him. Be careful of jealousy. Jealous even of your own spouse. Sometimes, oh, she's got, she's her promotion, she's doing well, she's got so many friends. And, and because of jealousy, you know, it separates even husband and wife. Be, ca- be careful. God, deal with my jealousy. Help me to have an open heart and learn to... You know how we can deal with jealousy? I tell you, is begin to learn to praise that person and thank God for that person. If that person got a promotion that's supposed to be yours, you know, because that person got bigger cable, whatever, just learn say, hey, congratulations. Good job. It will help you. Now, of course, you know, you have all this thing about fake news, fake news. Uh, don't be a fake, lah. Huh? When you're saying, uh, you know, behind you, uh, congratulations. Uh, then behind you, actually, uh, no, 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 no. no, be big-hearted about it. Your time will come. God will see your heart. So learn to congratulate people. When someone does better than you, it's okay to say thank you. That's a good job. That will help you deal with any jealousy, any competition in you. And my zone leaders, I've always thanked them also. They, they do better jobs many times in their trainings, in their in a facilitating, they are great people. And I say, hey, no, it's okay. If they do better, why not? You raise up people who can do better, why not? Praise the Lord for people who can preach. And they are young ministers. I always call them young, just in comparison with me. Lah. So sorry, yeah, Pastor Gwen. You are, I know they are not as young as... Uh, you know. <laughs> and as, praise God for them. They can preach better. It's okay. God can use all of us. There's no competition. We are a team. Thank God for, for your people who can do better than you. That's how you can do it. Jealousy. Oh, let's go on. Love does not boast. Love does not brag. You know, you're bragging uh, how good you are, how rich you are. Love is not arrogant. Love is not proud. It is in the church where a homeless man and a rich tycoon can sit together. It should be. There's no difference to the Lord, rich or poor. In a church, we are serving together, rich and poor. You know, one time I, I remember I invited one person and I, I know that she was a bit funny. And uh, funny in the sense I know she, her character and she, 
uh, drinks. And one day she came to church and many, many years ago, uh, many years in the old church. And she came in and was just smelling of all the booze and all that. And she sat at the back. And there was one row of people, you know, sitting with her. I said, good, there are people, you know. But when I came back, huh? she was sitting alone. Everybody else moved. Well, maybe I cannot blame them. Maybe it's that they can't stand the booze smell, no? But it's a church where we can say, oh, I am, you know, this is me. I'm better off. I'm more educated. And where we all, rich and poor, whatever educated, we are coming together as a body. Where we are family, there must be love shown. Love is not, next one is, love is not rude. Love is not rude. That means love don't needlessly offend. Love is good manners. We have good manners. We are courteous. We are polite. How do we treat others? You know, if they do something wrong, even in the if you are in the uh, in a restaurant when somebody when the waiter, you know, does some mistake and pours uh, spills some drinks even on you, how do we react? I would like to see that. Sometimes I will see people, you know, they will scold the waiter, scream at the waiter, and the, you know, stupid, why are you like that? Then, oh, oh. Love is not rude. Even in those circumstances, God sees. We must be still, oh, okay. Um, and I've, I've had people feel, feeling water, you know, and I, I, I don't make a big deal of it. Okay, it's okay, I can just wipe off. So love is not rude. Are you rude to your your wife, your children, your husband. You know, when they ask you a, a question, uh, darling, have you eaten? Every time you ask me, I can't stand it. Please don't ask me anymore. Oh, some wives say, oh no, you're talking about my husband. Are you rude? We need to check ourselves. Are we answering in such a rude manner that it you know, it will really dampen that person's spirit. Don't be rude. Be thankful. Speak kindly to one another. Speak kindly to your spouse. When a tendency to, oh, then you, okay. Am I kind? Is that what's what I'm going to say? Hurt people? Then you pull back. Okay, say something that is kind. Love is not self-seeking. It's not Always wanting your own way. Huh? Always wanting, this is my way. This way or no way. My way or no way. And there's a lot of people who will say that, you know. R.C.H. Lansky says, cure selfishness, cure selfishness, selfishness, and you plant a garden of Eden. Many times the war, the comedy problem, the family problem is selfishness. Let's go on. Love is not easily angered. We can deal with that. Let us not be quickly, you know, short fuse, not touchy. Love keeps no record of wrongs, okay? And then, uh, eight is love does not delight in evil. Okay? Hey, good job! No, no, good. Oh, that man met the accident. I hate him, you know. He met the accident. Praise the Lord for that! He deserve it. Oh. You know, when something bad happens to someone, we grieve. It's not God's desire that, oh, you know, if he sins against God, we are not all happy that he has fallen to sin. Do not delight in evil. Because it's a grief to God too when he sins. Five positive things, I will not go. Love is 
love rejoices with the truth, love protects, always trusts, always hopes, always persevere. So these are all characteristics of love. I will end with love in action. Love in action. So knowing love is so important, love is so of utmost importance, what do we do? We must love. So therefore, for us, we must make love a priority. Making love a priority in our life. Focus on loving people. Loving your families to begin with. Loving your, your cell members. Loving your cell leader. Loving the church. Loving your country. So because you love your country, you make sure you vote, huh? We love the country, make sure we come together to pray. This Tuesday, come. We're going to pray for our nation. 8 o'clock, come on, let's fill the place. And say, God bless our country, Lord, save our country. When you love, there must be action. Love is not a feeling, as I say. Agape love is not feeling. It is doing something about it. Saying something to somebody. Forgiving somebody. Love is action. So focus. That's why we say, hey, go to a cell group. Go to a cell group because we must be in a community of believers. Love is not devoid of, uh, of people. Love is in the midst of people. God created us to have fellowship. God created us to have relationship. And I thank God when I was sick, there were people who prayed with me. Came, some visited, some texted me, some, you know, say, hey, uh, Pastor, uh, can we come over? I made porridge for you, you know. And uh, okay, because you know that I had some problem, they came with porridge. Another person, hey, I, I made a bowl of porridge, so can I come? They came in porridge, and finally I have the porridge up to here. And so another person said, hey, I bought uh, some packet of porridge. How about nasi lemak? And they were showing love to me. That, hey, you know, that practical love. That make sure I, you know, the brand's assistant chicken will come. Make sure you, you know, both fun. Make sure your body now heals. And that's love. Your cell group, you need to be in the cell group. How will we know that you are sick? But when you're in the cell group, probably the cell members will know and the cell leaders will, hey, you know, maybe we go and visit that person because he's in hospital. You need to be in the cell. You need to be in a Christian community where you use your giftings to encourage one another. You have a gift. Don't waste it. Be in a cell. Join a cell and be a blessing. The next one is make love, the love chapter, a guide. There's so many. 15 characteristics, actually, you will count. 15 characteristics of love. The picture of love in 1 Corinthians 13. Make it a roadmap that you can follow. Okay, every time look at it and say, hey, maybe I need to, God, you help me with this. And begin to develop a Christ-like character. Lastly, make time, make time to care. And I end with a good Samaritan. The parable of the good Samaritan that Jesus told the expert of the law again. All the expert of the law is trying to test him and he says, Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And then Jesus says, love the Lord. You know, that's his answer. Love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul. And he adds in, love your neighbor as yourself again. Love God 
Love your neighbor. Love God, touch lives. Then they'll be well with you. Love God. And of course, he wanted to test again, who's my neighbor? And the Lord Jesus told a parable of the Samaritan and this man going down to Jericho. He was attacked by robbers and they stripped him, beat him. And a priest happened to be coming along the way. And the priest, very interesting, three same things. The priest saw the man and he walked by the other way. The Levite came, he saw, and also he went by another way. But the third thing happened again. Samaritan, he saw. Two saw and passed by. One saw and he took pity on him. He took pity on him. He saw and he you know, said, hey, you know, this guy needs help. And he stopped. He went to bandage him, da, 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 put him on a donkey and so on. Now, common thing we see. Sometimes we, are not, we don't even see. Huh? We are blinded. Uh, we don't see any needs around us. Other than we, are the one, we pretend not to see also. Lah. The one to see also. But when we see, what do you do? We see, we pass by. We see, we ignore. Or we see, we do something about it. What do you see in your family? Do you see your children need your time? Do you see their children are, you know, desiring so much of the parents' time? We sometimes they're so busy in our work and that we all come back, okay, they are still morning, we go off, and we have no time to have the interaction, to communicate with our children, to teach them the words of God, to share with them the love of God, to make time. When you see, and you see your children going wayward, very sad, sometimes there are times that you need more time to deal with them. It says, because too long already you have not spent time with them. But when you see the needs of the children, you see they are misbehaving, it's time. Do something about it. Don't see and just, oh yeah, it's normal, it's normal children like that. Do something. Even my God children, I see something that's not right. You know, because as a pastor too, I will also deal with some of the issues about the parents or so. When you see, deal with the issue. Don't see and ignore. If you see your wife, you know your wife is hurting. You have no time for her. Do something about it. Stop and spend time with her. Love is that. Love. The Samaritan really showed. Amplify love. Taking time. Many times you say, I'm too busy. The two of the others, the Levite and the priest, too busy. Not important. Oh, it's okay. But stop. What, is, what do you see in your family? What do you see in your cell group? Maybe, hey, you know, I know a lot of needs. Maybe I can do something about it. You see your church, glad tidings. Do you see we need volunteers? Do you see that we need people who will put their hands to the plow to work with us? Do you see? Truly, we need a lot of volunteers. We need cell hosts. I've been searching for cell hosts in the Subang area that very hard to find. Do you see that we need someone to do something in the traffic, in the hospitality? Do you see the need of all of us coming together to serve God? 
Smile. Someone say, smile, it will make you better. Pray, it will keep you strong. Love, it will make you enjoy life. You think love, oh, I think my time, uh, and then I will be... But actually love will make you enjoy life because it's something that God created in you and me. Yeah, God created in you and me to love. God created you and me to have relationships. And if you are to be self-sufficient and self-indulgence, you'll be a very miserable person. Because you're going against what God created us for. So today, as we learn, love is the greatest. Love has this characteristic. Desire in your heart. Say, God, I want to be a loving person. God, help me to love my family, to love my wife. I know of marriages. Husband and wife hardly talk to one another, you know. But when they talk, it's quarreling. Don't continue in this type of marriages. I'm not asking you to divorce. Huh? Deal with it. Do something about it. We go for counselling. Learn to pray together. Hey, you know, this is not what God wants of our marriage. Can we do something about it? Can we pray together starting? Can we say kind things to one another? Love is the greatest. If not, whatever we do, the Bible says, I am nothing, I gain nothing. Whatever I do is meaningless. Let's stand to our feet. And let's ask God, let love, let love fill our hearts.